eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Another emergency podcast because there's another verbal commitment. This time, however, it's a five-star prospect and he's with the basketball program. I'm Matt Pramer, Scopel with me as always here on this podcast. And we're breaking down the verbal commitment of five-star center Nathan Biddle. He plays his prep ball at Prolific Prep in Napa, California. But before that, he played his high school basketball at Crater High School down in the Southern Oregon area, around the Medford area. He is, we're going to call him an Oregon prop, an in-state Oregon player because he's, he's grown up here. Uh, he played three of his four years here. He left Crater High School to go to Prolific Prep to play a national high school schedule uh, on time at, at, as well because Oregon high school basketball is not – they're not playing a normal schedule. They're not starting on time because of COVID-19 reasons. So we're calling Nathan Biddle an in-state commitment for the Ducks, one of the biggest in-state commitments in program history, one of the biggest commitments in program history regardless of where he plays his prep basketball. Biddle, a six foot ten, 175-pound player, is ranked as the 17th best player in the country regardless of position, the third best center – and he's also the top player in the state of California, and he would have been the top player in the state of Oregon if our rankings listed him as a Oregon prep. He picked the Ducks over Gonzaga, UCLA, and Arizona. Um, I, I think, Eric, real quick, if you were to pick uh, the four or five best teams out west in college basketball, those four teams in San Diego State are probably going to be the ones that everyone's going to mention. So Oregon is getting a, a victory over, you know, three of the other big dog programs out West. Yeah, his, his final four is basically, yeah, the big dogs out West. It's the, the top teams in the Pac-12 plus Gonzaga, which is deservedly in that conversation. Um, those listening probably know I went to Gonzaga, so I'm, I'm maybe slightly biased in that opinion. But they've been pretty darn good. They've been pretty darn good um, the last decade or more than that, even the last couple of decades. Um yeah, this is a huge win for them in terms of, of getting a victory. And, it, you know, it's a timely win, too. Um, I think this class has started a little bit slow. I don't know if that's maybe reaching on my perspective, but it's mid-September. And, and prior to today, they hadn't landed a verbal commitment in the 2021 class. And you look around the country, and, and most of the pro, most of the elite programs out west, like we're mentioning, they've already drawn a little bit of blood. Um, another player from the state committed to Gonzaga what, over, about over a week ago, Ben Gregg, mm-hmm. another big-time in-state player. Um, from Clackamas uh, in the state, uh, that, and that one maybe hurt a little bit. Oregon, I think, recovers and gets the better of the two prospects. Um, Biddle's got tremendous upside, and we'll talk about that throughout the podcast here. 
Um, but yeah, they went out and they, they fought some of the big dogs and they came out with a victory here. And I think, again, a much needed victory to get some momentum in this 2021 class. Um, like again, first commitment in the class. I think that's a little bit slower than you'd expect, but certainly uh, one that you're really excited about. Yeah, he, he's one of the more unique players to come through the state of Oregon the last few seasons a guy that's been since his freshman year, really at Crater High School, one of the program, you know, one of the state of Oregon's best players, regardless of class. Last year as a junior, he averaged 25 points, 11 rebounds, four and a half blocks, two and a half assists per game. Was the Max Preps Junior All American and a Max Preps Oregon Player of the Year. Uh, he is one of the best players to come through the program in quite some time. I think. The guy that maybe is next closest to him in terms of notoriety across the country from a high school ranking perspective uh, is Terrence Jones, who he himself was a five-star prospect coming out of the Jefferson High School area in the Portland, Oregon area. Uh, maybe a Kyle Wilcher the following year, but um, Biddle nonetheless is going to go down as one of the best players to ever play basketball in the state of Oregon, and he's going to stay home. He's committing to the Ducks. Uh, big, big deal here. What, what do you see on film uh, when you've watched his tape? I think a lot of things stand out. Um, first off, I think it's just the shooting ability. Like for a kid who's 6'10", I see some places people are saying he might have grown a little bit, be closer to seven foot. Also, people just like to inflate heights and call people seven footers because it sounds better, I guess. But, you know, he's got great height and length, obviously, but he's an incredible jump shooter and a really, really good three-point shooter. And I think that's a big part of his game and um, you know 24 7 sports draws the comparison to uh, Channing Fry um, and you're obviously familiar with him from our Arizona star plays in the NBA has played in the NBA for a long time but just you're talking about a big guy who can just shoot the basketball and that's going to be the number one thing I think that stands out with him is just his ability to spread the court space the court shoot the basketball I also think athletically like you look at him and, and, and you're really impressed with just what he brings. I mean, he's got, again, great length. I don't have a wingspan pulled up in front of me, but it's certainly – he's got much longer arms than his height. I, I'm guessing that's certainly over seven feet in terms of the wingspan. Um, defends the rim actively. But really, I, I, I was a little bit impressed with just how quickly he gets off the floor. Um, his overall athletic makeup I think is pretty impressive. Um, the area that clearly he needs to work on is he's a, he's a bean pull at 175. I mean, he's got to add some real weight. Um, you think about – Another player, Oregon, landed a couple cycles ago, Isaac Johnson, when you looked at him on film, kind of similar where they're both tall, really, really lean, um, both clearly have upside to add some weight. Biddle is a player that his best basketball is ahead of him, I, I think. You ran through the stats he averaged this last season at Crater and how impressive those are. I mean, it makes sense given how much larger and more talented he is than everybody around him, but he's also giving up some serious strength even against top high school players. Um, you know, 175, he needs to add some weight, and I think – that's something that you'll, you'll see him do at Oregon. And, and hopefully by the time he's really getting everything rolling, he's, he's gained 30 to 40 more pounds because that's something he definitely needs. But regardless of that, like he battles down low. Um, he's active with his length. Um, he, he has some nice footwork and, and moves around the basket in terms of finishing as a post score. Um, and is, I think, a good passer too from the top of the key. So I, I think a lot to like from him. Um, you, you see people described as a unicorn a lot right now, but when you get a guy with his size and his ability to shoot the basketball, um, you know, I think the sky's the limit. And, and again, like we talked about top players that Oregon has landed historically, you know, how, how much, how different his skill set is from players from the state of Oregon. Like 
outside of, I guess, Bull Bull, like I don't think Oregon has really ever had a player quite like this with his combination of shooting ability, um, just overall skill, and then size. I think this is a really intriguing prospect. I think because he's an in-state player, there's going to be a lot of fandom and a lot of support for him. And if he ends up being uh, somebody who can develop into a top-tier All-American player, and we just saw it with Peyton Pritchard this last year, these in-state kids, um, the excitement and, and the uh, anticipation grows even more for them. So uh, I think a player you're really excited about with the combination of, of height, length, and skill. I think somebody who maybe isn't going to light the world on fire immediately just based upon his weight, but I'm not going to be surprised if he adds weight. And even if he is still pretty lean, uh, I think he has the skills to kind of make up for and kind of minimize some of those issues you might have. Yeah, Biddle's length, I think, and his athleticism is going to help him kind of overcome those deficiencies in the from a weight standpoint early on, strength standpoint early on, just because he's so long, so tall, so athletic. Yeah. But you are right. He does need to get stronger, and I'm sure he knows that, and I'm sure you know, the Oregon coaching staff knows that. And we're not trying to say that's going to be a glaring issue, but it's just something that could be the difference between him showing up as a freshman and, and being a freshman All-American and, and him showing up and – and being a, either a, maybe a, a part-time starter or the sixth-man type of guy on the, on the bench for Oregon is, you know, that, that's going to, you know, his strength could really help him, you know, decide how quickly he can make a huge impact at Oregon because he's going to make an impact, no doubt about it. I mean, Oregon hasn't had a shot blocker with his size um, for a while. You know, they had Bull Bull, they had Kenny Wooten, but uh, last year it was – it, it was lacking. You you could really tell with, with Kenny Wooten not being on the roster, um, w- without a Jordan Bell type, with without a Chris Boucher type, uh, they really didn't have that rim protection. And it, it felt kind of weird for Oregon basketball not to have that because of, you know, the, the way that Dana Altman's built his program up. They've always had one of those guys. And it's really going to be the first time in a while that – you know, they've had a guy – I mean, I, I guess we're glossing over Bull Bull, but they only played like seven or eight games for the Ducks, so I'm not really going to count that. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, Kenny Wooten did not have a jump shot. Kenny Wooten – and he was elite on the defensive end of the floor, but basically his offensive game was dunks, alley-oops, and putbacks. And Jordan Bell didn't really have the best jumper. I mean, he, he, did, he knocked down a couple, but he wasn't a consistent jump shot shooter. Uh, much like Chris Boucher, Biddle is going to be a stretch guy on the floor when Oregon has the ball, and defensively he can protect the rim immensely. Uh, this is this is a guy that I look at and say he has a chance, no matter who's on the roster, in my opinion, that he could come in and start right away for the Ducks. And it just dawned on me that Chris Boucher, it's not a perfect comparison for a variety of reasons. Boucher was obviously much older when he got to Oregon. Um, but from a physical development and stylistically skill set, it's not so imperfect that it's not worth saying. Like I, Boucher and Biddle's strengths are sort of similar. They're, they're long, they're athletic, they can finish around the rim, and they can really shoot the three ball. Um, and their weaknesses are similar in terms of just their strength and, and kind of their, their, I guess, lack of um, weight. So I don't think it's a perfect comparison, but it's, you said it and I kind of went, ah, actually that probably, but in terms of guys Oregon has had in the last 10 or so years, that's the closest thing you probably could have. And I think Biddle to me has a higher upside for sure because he's so much younger. Um, and, and I think actually, like if you want to turn this on and, and turn this into a positive, Biddle's frame could be a thing where it might be a beneficial in terms of how long he stays at Oregon. It could be a thing where, you know, if he was a little bit heavier, a little bit more of a sure fire prospect, 
that maybe this keeps him in Oregon an extra year or so. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's too much, but I don't disagree at all in terms of like when he arrives at Oregon, I, I could certainly see him being their starting center. Some of that will depend upon what we see within Feli Dante, how long he stays at Oregon, but he has the upside undoubtedly to be a really, really good player right away. And because he already has some of this kind of ready-made skill set as a three-point shooter, and a shot blocker and rim protector, like he already does two things really, really well. That gives him, from my perspective, that gives him the uh, the opportunity to really come in and produce early on because he comes in with some some pretty clear skill sets that differentiate him from a lot of high school players. Yeah, and that's and I was just going to say, even from the rest of Oregon's roster, yeah, that's how you make impacts. That's how you make an impact right away. Is do you bring something to the table that is completely different than everyone else, and are you still and at the same time being equal or right around? the same level as in the other categories as who is on the roster and and folly dante is a center on the roster oregon will have eric williams who could play a little bit of power forward for the ducks um that if if needed um they continue to you know addison patterson's a guy that's been able to play some power forward for oregon in, in a small ball lineup but i look at oregon's basketball roster now and look at Biddle as someone who could play with and follow Dante if, for whatever reason, Dante is at Oregon for his junior season. But at the same time, Biddle could play – he could play power forward. He could play center in that situation. And quite frankly, if if Oregon, for a very short period of time, wanted to go really big and go zone from a defensive standpoint, Biddle is a good enough shooter offensively to to be out on the perimeter – and help stretch the floor to allow, you know, to force teams not to, to, to sag into the paint and, and really dare teams to shoot. So you've got options now with, with Biddle and where he fits on this, on this Oregon Duck basketball roster moving forward. And I think the, the, the big question now is um, historically, I, I, Eric, I think this is a monumental get. I think it's a top oh, yeah. five commitment in program history. He's the top in-state player to ever commit to the Ducks. Who's next and what do they need next is, is, is one of the big questions that, that you now look at is who's, who's going to be one of the next guys to commit and where do they need to fill holes? Yeah, man. And uh, really, you just summarized it there really quickly. Fifth best player in program history to sign with the Oregon and now surpasses Peyton Pritchard as a top in-state player. This is a monumental get from just a historical perspective as well. And yeah, I look at this and think, boy, it would be nice to get some help in the backcourt, right, yeah. Matt? And, and probably a little bit more help up front. You ran through, it's a little bit thin up there. Isaac Johnson is a player that I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, he should be enrolling. He was 2019. He should be enrolling with Nate Biddle in this with class Biddle, of 2021, yeah. right? So that maybe shores up some of those needs up front. Um, I also forgot then, Chandler Lawson, who started half the year. <laughs> <laughs> probably somewhat important. He's got uh, quite a bit of eligibility left. So it may, maybe maybe if you've got those guys already in the roster, and I think Dante is the question mark you mentioned a second ago, of like, is he going to be on the roster by the time Biddle gets here? I think best case for Oregon is probably like Dante is a stud and has an awesome sophomore season and is able to go to the, you know, professionally. Um, and that would open up the door for, for a Biddle to be the guy down low with the Chandler loss and with maybe an Isaac Johnson, some variety around him. Um, you know, but I, I still think, you know, I know they have a lot of veteran senior leadership at guard and on the perimeter, but they really could use a, some youth, I think, here going forward on the perimeter as a wing, um, as somebody who's maybe that shooting guard, small forward, off-ball combination player, because I think they've got a little bit better grasp at the point guard position, at least on the long term. But you look at kind of what they have back at shooting guard, small forward. A lot of those guys are 
juniors and seniors in the upcoming season when that takes place um, would be nice to kind of, I think, solidify that position group going forward as well. Yeah, they've got um, Aaron Estrada, who will be redshirting. He'll play in, he'll play kind of one through three for Oregon. They've, they've got um, Terry, the freshman, coming in as part of the 2020 class. He's, he's actually the only uh, commitment they had from a high school level in 2020, um, a four-star point guard in Jalen Terry from, from Beecher High School in Mount Morris, Michigan. Uh, so they've, they've got a couple guards, but I agree with you. You know, like what happens if a Will Richardson goes pro like we expect um, him to? What happens if uh, LJ Figueroa gets his eligibility waiver approved and now he's a senior, he's gone? So you'll have Eric Williams, uh, you'll have Jalen Terry, you'll have potentially, potentially, Will Richardson, you'll have, you know, you'll have uh, Aaron Estrada on the roster. So you, you Addison need Patterson. guards, Addison Patterson as well. You'll need some, you'll need a couple guards. Uh, I still think though, they need another center, another power forward type guy. Maybe that's, maybe, and maybe the, 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 the luxury here for Biddle is, is he can play both power forward and center, meaning you now can go out and just try and find the best player at, at either of those positions to add to your roster because you, you have a guy that's capable of playing both. Yeah, I was going to say with Biddle, I almost think you, whoever, whether it's the power forward or it's the center that plays next to him, you want somebody with some girth and some some width and some thickness. And again, I think like an, and Bali Dante, if he's still on the roster, then would actually be a really nice kind of pairing. So yeah, it'd be a nice pair because they do things very differently. Uh, Don, they're both good shot blockers. Dante's almost exclusively in the paint, but he's got that physicality to rebound. Um, and move some guys out of the way. Whereas Biddle, he could probably spend most of his time offensively around the perimeter. Defensively, obviously, you want to run the basket, also protecting the rim. But you would, if, if the other team has like a 250-pound big guy who's just going to pound it on the block, you'd love to have a guy not named Nate Biddle trying to defend that just because he's going to give up so much from a weight perspective, at least defensively. And again, I think you go watch him on, on, on tape. He is able to kind of minimize some of that with his length, but certainly you get a top tier high school or, or sorry, top tier college power forward or center who's, you know, 50, 60, 70 pounds heavier than him and he can put it on the block. I think that would be somewhat of a problematic mismatch. So yeah, I think some size next to him, some weight next to him would probably be great, whether that's at power forward or center. Now who's on the board for Oregon still? Um, they are a, a player for the number four player in the country, Jaden Hardy out of Henderson, Nevada, combo guard. His older brother, Amari Hardy, is a senior on the Oregon basketball roster. Kentucky's probably where Hardy's leaning right now. Chris Ball says that as much. But Oregon, nonetheless, is in the picture for Jaden Hardy. Uh, you're talking about a guy, you know, adding a power forward or a center. Uh, Caleb Houston, the nation's number seven player overall. He is one of the – he's the number two power forward in the country. He's got Oregon in his top group, uh, strongly considering the Ducks. Hunter Salis, uh, the eighth best player in the country, combo guard from Omaha, Nebraska, where Dane Altman's got a really, really strong reputation in from his times at Creighton. He is also considering the Ducks. So three of the top ten players in the country are strongly considering the Oregon Ducks. Uh, that could give you an idea of how quickly this class could balloon up to being one of the best classes in school history, one of the best classes in the country. Other players in the fold for Oregon, uh, you've got junior college center Jamari on Sharp, 7'2 center. He's the number one junior college prospect in the country 
plays his prep ball, his juco ball, excuse me, at John Logan College in uh, Carterville, Illinois. Seven foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds. So goes in line with uh, landing a guy that's a little bit bigger than Biddle and also you know heavier than, than Biddle is. Oregon's also a, a player here for Jonathan Lawson. He is Chandler Lawson's younger brother, small forward, three star prospect from Woodendale High School in Memphis, Tennessee. And then you know there's going to be a couple other guys that are out there. I know Lynn Greer is a three-star point guard that's talked a little bit, you know, up of, of Oregon. So they've got some options out there. I think it's safe to say if, if Oregon can add either a Hunter Sales, a Jamarion Sharp, uh, a Caleb Houston, Jaden Hardy, just one of those four guys to go with Biddle, Oregon all of a sudden goes from having zero commitments to now having two and probably a top 15 class in the country. So Oregon's not ranked right now in the top 25 with Biddle in the fold. That's just because they only have one verbal commitment, um, while most schools now have two, three, sometimes even four guys already. But the fact that Oregon is – they're not adding qu- uh, quantity, they're adding quality. And this is what we were talking about a while ago for football. Uh, don't freak out because every guy that, that Oregon at the time was, was landing from a verbal commitment standpoint from a football perspective was a high-level athlete that everyone in the country was after – that's what Oregon basketball has just done with, with Nate Biddle is, yeah, they have one verbal commitment. Yeah, they're outside the top 25, but they got a guy that every single school in the country wanted. Just a couple questions here, Matt, in terms of you mentioned it and we mentioned it and talked about it. In 2020, they basically went out. They signed Jalen Terry, a prep prospect. The rest of it was all transfers. Is that, a, is that a direction you think Oregon might continue in 2021 where maybe they'll obviously take Biddle, maybe they'll find a couple of these select five-star high-end guys and then try to go the transfer route? Or do you think this is a class where you think they're going to go maybe three to four prep recruits instead? You know, I think it, it's going to be similar to what they did the last couple of years. They're going to go out and they're going to try and sign one or two, maybe three of the best high school prospect players that they can sign. And then they're going to try and go out and they're going to add one or two more transfers and then maybe try and find one grad transfer to add to the mix. And I, I, I really think Dana Altman kind of found his sweet spot this past season with a roster of young freshmen that are talented, that are bought into the program, but also at the same time mixing in some one-and-done grad transfers and some, you know, sit one or juco transfer type guys and that's when i talk about you know adding a you know transfer i include juco's in that mix and sure a, co- a couple guys that are a little bit older that hey my time is is limited I, I don't have three or four years to make an impact i have one or two years to make an impact maybe three uh and finding those guys and, and they, they've gone through the rigors of college basketball before they understand the coaching that comes from that it's different than the high school level where there's so much pandering and just allowing a star player to do whatever he wants because he's the best guy on the floor, no matter who they're playing. Um, and, and so I think that's kind of, that was his sweet spot. Last year's team really gelled really well and played really well with one with, together. And I think we're going to see that play out uh, for, for years to come from a recruiting standpoint where Dana and the coaching staff try and mix the best high school prospects they can find with a couple transfers. It's going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audibles podcast, breaking down this big verbal commitment from Nate Biddle, five-star prospect, highest rated 
in-state commit ever, fifth highest prospect ever to commit to the Oregon Ducks. For more coverage on this, go to duckterritory.com to read about it. You also can give us a five-star review on the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. It's free to do and helps us as well. So consider doing that as well. For Eric Scope and myself, Matt Brame, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.